Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Where the hell is the theme song? <clears throat> well, let me just make it up as I go along. Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Politics. 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 Yeah, politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Politics. Politics. Oh, Donald Trump is a dopey punk. Yeah, we talk about it just, but now we mean it. Politics, politics, politics. With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Politics. Politics. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's going on, man? <laughs> All right. All right, man. Hold on. Yeah. Politics with Mercer Prescott. Politics with his eclectic band of cronies giving you the truth about everything they lie about. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. Don't forget about earn to burn. What you gonna do is learn. That's right, it's now your turn. Politics, go and listen. Get your lesson, watch my blink glisten. I'm gonna get what you're missing. But the bullshit now you're pissing me off. Y'all heard the news, you get a soft, full of lies. And why do they try? They wanna trick you. But politics is gonna gift you with education for the masses. To get up in your ignorant asses. Politics with Mercer Prescott and the collective band of cronies. Yeah! Politics. Every Monday at 7 p.m., dial 1 646 to speak with the host, Mercer Prescott, now. All right, all right, all right. Mercer Wonder, run it. What's a good word, sir? Um, sure. I, 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 I will say this, jumping into it, because I know we got a we got a lot of stuff to cover. You know, we had a we had a snow day. <laughs> we uh, we don't handle weather well here in North Carolina, and it didn't help that some areas in North Carolina actually got like eight inches of snow. I'm in Raleigh. We didn't get a lot of snow. We just got a lot of ice. And I had to go out Saturday morning to play my lottery because I have lottery psychosis. I always feel like it, the day I don't play my numbers is the day that they're going to come out. So I went out at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday to go play my lottery like I normally do. And it was like an ice skating rink out there. Luckily, there were no cars on the road because I would never have made it across the street before a car came around. But it was just terrible. Uh, for North Carolina, that is. For New York, it had been like, what are you, a pansy go to work? But North Carolina, kids have been out of school for days. So, but anyway, uh, I just got some news on my feed. Uh, I'm going to read the, the blurb that I got. CNN reports that intelligence chiefs briefed both Donald Trump and Obama on Russian claims to have compromised Trump. They also report allegations of exchanges of information between Trump surrogates and Russian intermediaries throughout the campaign. I got to get all my ducks in a row on this. So I'll, I'll talk about that more on Saturday's show. But that's huge. 
because it's looking like uh, it's 10 days left until the inauguration, and it doesn't look like Trump is going to make it. Every day it just seems closer and closer to just him just being like, you know what? No. <laughs> so we're going to see what happens, but it's just uh, – who voted for this guy? I asked all I need. You know what? We, we, we've gone over that for weeks. But I still ask that question every day when I see Donny Tani hands up there. It's like, who in the hell thought that was a good idea? But uh, another thing that came into my feed in the last hour is that uh, Dylan Roof got the death penalty. So uh, he will be put to death. Say bad oh, say again? No, nope, that's that's just me background noise. You can tune it out, but mm. oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome, work. I'm I have my two cents on that later. Okay. Go ahead. We got uh, Dylan Roof is going to be put to death, and uh, I'm just like, all right, cool. not fast enough, not fast enough, but yeah. <laughs> He's going to be put to death, and you know what? I'm just like, finally, finally, they got one right because. Every, all my friends were just like, oh, yeah, they're going to put a death, no problem. And now it's just like, I don't know, because we've just fucked up so many of these things. We had video of a cop shooting a man in the back as he was running away, and there were still jurors who were just like, nope, nope, didn't happen. Didn't happen. He's innocent. You know, so I never – there's no such thing as a lead pipe cinch when it comes to uh, sentencing anymore. You know? Never. They, uh, what was it? Uh Who's the goofy broad in Florida that killed her baby and got away with it? Uh, they, they found uh, a dead, Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony. They found a dead baby in the woods, and they still let her go free. So there's no such thing as a as a lead pipe cinch anymore. It's just you know what? You just gotta just wait and see what happens. So. What do you guys think, uh, before I go on, what do you think about the Dylan Roof thing? Do you think that uh, – I mean, what else is there to really think, though? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's unfortunate because all those people still – that's not going to bring their family members back. And right. at the same time, he's mother's fuck, and I don't appreciate him. I feel like he – He's not respectful or apologetic about what's happened. So, I mean, I hope he gets true justice, like way beyond the legal system, what this world can give him. And that's I, I don't. For. I, I don't think he'll last that long in prison. I mean, the Aryan Brotherhood will will rally around him, so he may last a little bit longer. But they can't be around him all the time. And I'm not praying for him to get killed in prison. But if it happens. What happens? What do you got there? prison? <laughs> How long did Jeffrey Dahmer last in prison? Like a year, maybe, before somebody killed him. And and the funny part was, Thank you. funny to me, the guy who killed uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, he told the guards that Jesus told him to do it. So, what? Oh yeah. That's that, but Charles Manson's still hanging in there. Charles Manson's free. No, he's not. Yeah, Charles Manson's out. No, he um he served his time. He was in prison for like fifty years, literally. I'm gonna have to Google some of that because I feel like, or maybe what I was reading was old. It's very possible. 
you know how stuff kind of like recirculates that it's not really used anymore? So it's right. very possible, but what very well may happen with Dylan Roof is, you know, I can't control who, you can't control what anybody does, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got him a little girlfriend, you know, he'll probably end up getting some sympathetic girl to write him, email him, whatever book, and be like, oh, he's such a sweet guy, and, you know, we really bonded, and, yeah, he'll probably end up with a girlfriend. And somebody nah, put money wrong. On the book. He ain't out of prison. He's not out of prison? Nah, where you get that information from? Oh, my bad. I apologize. And he's about to die. He has a girlfriend. He does have a girlfriend. Hold on. I, I probably got gas. So I apologize about that. Why are we holding on to the music break? Yeah.
All right, all right, all right. Cocky motherfuckers. And that's what Donald Trump is right now. He a cocky motherfucker. I, 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 I'll, I'll put it like this. I'm going to stay on point because I know this whole Donald Trump thing is just absolutely ridiculous. But I, I thought about something with Dylan Roof getting the death penalty. And I apologize about the Manson thing. I don't even know where the hell I heard that from. I think it's because he had a girlfriend. For some reason, I thought he was out. So... And I didn't write about Manson, so if I had researched it, I'd have probably realized that, so I apologize for that. But um, I thought about something while I was writing – well, touching up today's show, you know, after hearing about Dylan Roof getting the death penalty. And I remember when I was a young man – God, this happened like 20-something years ago. Colin Ferguson uh, got on a crowded Long Island Railroad train back in 92 – 93, I think it was. 93. And he shot 25 people, killed six of them. Uh, it was like one of the worst mass shootings on Long Island. And uh, they didn't put him to death. And they sentenced him in 95. They sentenced him to uh, 315 years in prison. New York had a controversial sentencing cap law. If none of the people who he had shot had died, they would have capped his sentence at 50 years. But because six people died, they sentenced him to 315 years in prison. Now, um, New York doesn't have a death penalty anymore. Uh, it's been going back and forth, uh, but the only reason why Colin Ferguson didn't die is because if anybody was ever wondering from a crime that happened 24 years ago, but I, it just it just hit my mind when I was thinking of stuff like that, like like Dylan Roof style stuff, and I was like, damn. Colin Ferguson killed way more people. Why is he still alive? And it's because New York doesn't have a death penalty. So the last death row prisoner in New York had his sentence changed to life, uh, to life in prison. No more death penalty in New York. And then I think recently they took away all their uh, death penalty equipment. So, But uh, switching gears a little bit, the, I, I call them the Chicago Four. They don't have an official name, but I call them the Chicago Four. We spoke about them uh, on Saturday. The four uh, African Americans who uh, kidnapped and beat up a young disabled boy. And I wasn't going to talk about it anymore until I saw a change.org petition that went out to give them uh, the death penalty. And I thought what a bunch of bullshit. The petition had a thousand signatures, and I don't know if they're going to get any more than that. And I was just like, death penalty for that? Come on. The guy in Idaho who raped that young boy did more harm to that young boy than those four did to that kid. Yeah, they cut a piece of a scalp off. That's pretty brutal. You know, but the young man in Idaho... Uh, they shoved the wire hanger up his rectum and kicked it deeper into his rectum. And he walked. You know, like I said, we spoke about this on Saturday, but I was talking about it with a friend on Facebook. We were going back and forth about it, and he's one of those guys. Uh, and I'm not saying anything disparaging about him. He's a real nice guy. He doesn't often get involved in politics, you know, or political discussions or race discussions or anything like that. But you know, he's one of those guys who were just like, yeah, you know what, let's just – I'm being glib when I say this, but, you know, 
he's on board with using the death penalty in that case, not because of the color of their skin, but just because you know people get sick of crimes like that all the time. So it didn't matter who was involved. He would have been like, look, death penalty. you know." And I was like, look, I looked into it today you know, because I've only heard of death penalty used in cases of murder. Like what happened with Charles? Well, I I, I imagine that uh, was it California where that happened with Manson? Uh, probably didn't have a death penalty either. Or else he probably would have been put to death years ago. But um, I'd only been I'd only heard of the death penalty being used in capital cases, uh, murder. I found out that there are actually some states that use the death penalty or try to use it anyway for child rape cases. And at first, I was kind of like, huh. You know, you know, sometimes when you hear an idea and you kind of like you're with it for a second and then you kind of catch yourself and then you're just like, huh. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a good idea. Because then I was like, well, here's the thing. Instead of using it for murder, we use it for child rape. And instead of child rape, we use it for, say, uh, hate crimes. And instead of hate crimes, well, you know what? Let's expand that to armed robbery. I use armed robbery being glib in the example. You know? And then my friend brought up a point. He was like, well, with armed robbery – and this is just us conversating. We weren't even – we were off track. We were just conversing back and forth. But he was like, armed robbery isn't really armed robbery unless you actually – hurt someone. For the average person, that's probably true, but the thing is, in state to state, that's not true. So I looked it up. I took, to be fair, I took two blue states and two red states. I took New York and California as the blue states. I took Texas and Georgia as the red states. And I looked up their statues on armed robbery or just robbery, and a lot of them are very different. Like, for instance, California, uh, first-degree robbery conviction is punishable by three, four, or six years in state prison. Okay. Uh, if you and at least two other individuals act in concert to commit robbery within an inhabited dwelling house or building, a first-degree robbery conviction is punishable by three, six, or nine years in state prison. That was as of 2010, you know, kind of, it's California. They're liberal. In New York, uh, robbery in the first degree no less than five years and a maximum of 25 years in state prison, right? Texas, uh, says uh, robbery is charged as a second degree felony in Texas, carries a penalty of two to 20 years in the state prison and a fine of no more than $10,000. If the crime is elevated to that of aggravated robbery, the charge will be a first degree felony. They didn't say how many years you get for that. But if you're already getting two to 20 for a uh, second degree felony, you can imagine what a first degree felony would carry in Georgia. Uh, it says uh, armed robbery carries a potential sentence of 10 to 20 years in prison state. It varies in Mississippi. Even let's just say you try to rob somebody and you don't even have any bullets in your gun. You're just threatening them with the threat of violence with, there's no bullets in your gun. They still sentence you as if you have bullets in your gun. So it's a slippery slope. You know, 
I'm not a big proponent of the death penalty. And like I said on an earlier show, the case of Troy Davis broke me on the death penalty because they sentenced a man to death with no physical evidence. And people who testified recanted on their testimony, and they sentenced him to death anyway. So I'm not a big proponent of the death penalty at all. You know, in Dylan Roof's case, yeah, I'll let it slide. <laughs> I'll let it slide. And even Colin Ferguson, if they had sentenced him to death, I'd have been like, fine. You know, there are some people who are just beyond redemption. You couldn't let those people back in the street. Colin Ferguson's never getting out of prison unless he escapes. And they have him in the northernmost part of the of New York. So he's either has to work his way back to the city or he becomes Canada's problem. So there's that. But um going on to stuff that's actually uh on topic, let's talk about New York. Uh some big things happened in New York uh over the last week. Some positive, some not so positive. Let's talk about the minimum wage. Uh what's the minimum wage out here in North Carolina Blue? Is it still like seven twenty five or something like that? Seven fifty? I think it's still about seven twenty five. That sounds about right. Sorry guys, my signal dropped. That's all right. Yeah, Good to have you back. That's a minimum wage is right around I think I thought it was seven forty. Let me look it around. But it's it's still around seven bucks. Seven twenty five, correct Mundo. That is dirt cheap, right? right? Yeah. For the record, when I um worked when I got my first job about seventeen years ago now, mm-hmm. I um, about twenty years ago five dollars five dollars. <laughs> I am not rounding up, sir. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like I said, seventeen years ago, and minimum wage was five dollars and fifteen cents an hour. I I think yeah I think by the time I yeah I think by the time I started working uh, like actual jobs I used to be a paper boy when I was a kid and I think when I started working uh, I think my first one of my first real jobs was I worked at the, at the local library and at that time they paid three dollars and thirty five cents an hour and I remember when I first started working for like uh, drug stores and stuff like that I think I had just gone right. up to five fifteen. You know, the state no. with the highest minimum wage is Washington with $15 an hour? Yes. Washington State went to $15 an hour. New York went to 11 And um, it's going to go up gradually uh, over the next couple of years. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's one more thing. Georgia's is $5.15 for state people. Only the federal people are eligible for the 725 Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Wow. Now that's that wow, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Cats are earning five fifteen wow. in the eighties. I remember when my father first got into the union, he said that um I think the minimum wage in New York in the early seventies was uh like a dollar seventy five or something like that. Huh? With rates like that, I feel like you want people to steal from you. <laughs> like you just my, built my, that into the cost of doing this that you had to have. Yeah. Because you're not paying people shit. Like, you expect them to steal from you. And you're just like, okay, well, if everybody steals, you know, $2 an hour from me, I'm still all right. Well, that must be what you're expecting to do. They, they, they steal much more than that. They steal oh, much yeah. more than that. But you probably average, but you average it out. So, like, because not everybody's going to steal. 
Right. And they're not going to steal every day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get caught. <laughs> but, um, but it certainly is the time that you can't get back. Like, people don't account for that either. Like, what are you doing with your time? Like, are these people taking away more breaks because you pay them less? Probably. And you yeah. can't really quantify that. Well, you can, but it will cost you more money to figure that out than actually yeah, I, the product that's going to yeah, when I used to work at the, at the record store, when I was an associate before I became a manager, I forgot how much I got paid. It was like barely above minimum wage, but we got like a forty percent discount off of our CDs and accessories. So, because they didn't want people to steal, so they forgot. And we'll people running, people, black people in the south run to Atlanta thinking that's black mecca. Come on, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> black mecca at five dollars an hour. <laughs> You gotta Select work a long topic. time to afford that strip club, but um. Select another topic. But um. Papa moderator like said, said, "Select another topic." <laughs> but uh, like I said, real quick, New York went to eleven dollars an hour, and eventually it's going to be fifteen. And some people are pessimistic <laughs> because they feel that employers are going to strike back by slashing hours. And you even have some people who are uh, who are saying that instead of uh, having people. They'll just put like kiosks and stuff like that in there, like the self-service kiosk. I, I say this in New York, if you throw a stone, it'll ricochet off of six places to eat. If your fast food restaurant has kiosks, don't eat there. In New York, that's easy to say. In other states like Georgia, where there's like no people, you figure there's eight million people in New York City. There's four million people in the state of Georgia. So, yeah. In other places, it's not so it's not so simple. Put it like this: right. eleven dollars an hour in New York, right? That's eighty-eight dollars a day, four hundred and forty dollars a week, twenty-two thousand eight hundred dollars a year. Now, keep in mind that a one-bedroom apartment in Queens is twenty-one hundred dollars a month. So, at twenty-one hundred dollars a month, that bedroom is twenty-five. That apartment is twenty-five thousand two hundred dollars a year. You make $22,800 a year before taxes. So 15 uh, is not going to be enough, but at least it'll lift a lot of people out of poverty. And that's the main thing. You know, it's it's brutal living in New York because their minimum wage is only like $750, $725 or something like that. You know, so – it's a definitely a move in the right direction. So I, I applaud New York for finally getting with the times and getting people some money. And like I said, if you have an employer that wants to strike back and cut hours, you know what? People need to band together. And like, you know what? Don't eat there. Don't, uh, don't give them business. It's New York, especially New York City. There's, there's probably at least four stores in New York that sell human kidneys. You can find anything in New York, and there's more than one of it. So, yeah, in New York, you got choices. So just make the right ones. Um, Andrew Cuomo vetoed a bill to help poor people get lawyers. Not making that up. And you and I know people are like, wait a second, isn't he a Democrat? Yeah, kind of. Right. <laughs> my, my mom loves the Cuomos. I don't know what it is about them, but she loves them. She always yeah. says that. She's like, I like him. I don't know why. I don't know enough about him to have an opinion one way or another. But with that recent veto, 
without, like, an explanation of a good master plan, uh, I'm not feeling him so far. Yeah. Well, Cuomo said that so what's he his reasoning? The, well, he said that uh, he said it because of the high cost of taxpayers and the failure of last-minute attempts at a compromise with the legislature. He says, unfortunately, an agreement was unable to be reached, and the legislature was committed to a flawed bill that placed an $800 million burden on taxpayers. $600 million, he said, was unnecessary, with no way to pay for it and no plan to make one. Now, the thing I didn't like about the way he vetoed it, I thought it was real chicken shit of him to do it that way, is he waited until the last session when no one was there and vetoed it so they couldn't vote to override his veto. That was the thing that got me. Now, the bill can come up again. But they didn't have a chance to uh, get this through. There are a lot of people in New York uh, who, don't, who can't get lawyers because legal aid is backed up to infinity. So you figure he said $800 million burden on taxpayers, right? Put it like this. There is about 19 million people in New York City, in, in New York State, I should say. Eight million of them are in New York City, which is the five boroughs, right? If you took eight million people and divided that $800 million out among them, that's $100 a person. Now, I know what you're thinking. Everybody in New York doesn't work, right? You got kids. You got the elderly. You have the disabled, right? So you have 19 million people in the state total. Let's just say for argument's sake, 12 of those 19 million people are taxpayers, like people who go out and work. And that may, be, that may be a liberal assessment, right? That breaks it down to $66 a person in taxes per year. I'd pay, I'd pay $200 in extra in taxes just to know that if I ever get jammed up, I can get a goddamn lawyer. Put it like this. I had uh, – I forgot where I was. I was in court, and um, basically I was there for traffic tickets or some other BS on a car I, I, I barely drove. But anyway, uh, not traffic tickets, parking tickets. But I noticed that you know everybody's there and you know piled up on one another. But the one guy who was in and out of that courtroom had a lawyer. Everybody else is relying on legal aid or representing themselves in court because they couldn't get a lawyer. There was one kid. He looked like he was from California, like the stereotypical California kid with his little round glasses and his long hair, little like one of those '60s hippies, but he had a shirt and tie on. And he had a lawyer, and he was in, and he was out because he had a lawyer. You know, having, rep- having legal representation is extremely important, and a lot of people in New York, almost to the point of being unconstitutional. That's how bad the problem is. The, so, well, it is. It is, Mike. It's not even almost to the point. It is un- unconstitutional. Yep. What's a quick and speedy trial? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you can't give me a quick and speedy trial if you ask that clause. Yeah, and John Oliver had a, a segment on on legal aid, you know, and not just in New York, but in in all across the country, you know, and uh, these guys have so many cases per day; they only get to spend maybe eight ten minutes with each client, right? Because they because their caseloads are so big, and and that's not an exaggeration. That's it's really eight to ten minutes with each person per day, because they're so backlogged, but. You know, like I said, uh, Andrew Cuomo was a mixed bag because then he came back and uh, 
said, guess what? State college, my proposal, we're going to make state college free in New York. And who was sitting next to him when he proposed that? Who do you think? Bernie Sanders. Goddamn right he was. Sitting right next to to Cuomo, proposing free college, free state college. So I'm going to read this. This is from – some newspaper, I usually have the thing on the bottom that says what newspaper is from, I apologize. It says, under the governor's plan, college students who have been accepted to a state or city university in New York, including two-year community colleges, will be eligible, provided they or their family earns $125 a year, I'm sorry, 125000 or less a year. I was about to say, that's everybody. Yeah. That is uh, everybody. I was going to say, if it's 125000 <laughs> that's everybody. That's like if you have a gas station who puts up accidentally, oh, gas is, gas is $2.50. Nope, gas is $0.25, cents, and everybody just fills up. Exactly. $125,000 a year. Says Mr. Cuomo, a Democratic centrist, thought to have presidential ambitions has tracked left on a series of issues during his second term. Championing a higher minimum wage and paid family leave, though, he continues to face criticism from some progressive groups over sometimes working closely with Senate Republicans. Uh, Some of that criticism could be softened by Mr. Cuomo's embrace of a plan that was so closely identified with Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, who spoke forcefully during the presidential primary campaign of surging college costs and collective student debt topping $1 trillion. A trillion dollars in student debt. So this free, I mean, put it like this, real simply before I move on. Everybody can't go to Duke. Everybody can't go to NYU. Everybody can't go to Yale or Howard, you know, or And even or if Harvard. you could, if you can't afford it, then what do you do? Yeah, exactly, you know. A state education is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's just as good as getting one from Yale or Harvard, but a state education will definitely get you a whole hell of a lot further than just a high school education. There was a time when you could just have a high school education, get a factory job, and then buy a house. You can't do that anymore. A high school diploma will only get you but so far now. You know, I mean, you have jackasses like uh, Pat McCrory who think that a master's degree is just a piece of paper. Probably because he doesn't have one. But there are a lot of people who still value higher learning and those degrees, and they pay handsomely for it. So, but um, Blue, did you have anything to add before I move on? Nope. All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys a question. What makes a state a racist state? Nothing can make a state a racist state, but when I do think racist states, I do always seem to think about places like Kentucky. Um, Arkansas, you know, like that. But if you, as a whole, you can't say any state is racist. That's 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 too general. That's too generalizing. I don't like generalization at all. Because if that's the case, all all black people. It's like saying all black people do this. All black people are good sports players. And Merck, I know you can't beat nobody on no basketball court. You know what I'm saying? Or all Not black any- people eat chicken and watermelon. Well, I like chicken, but I don't care for watermelon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, I, I will say that's true. Uh, I love fried chicken. I despise watermelon. Not just because of the stereotype, because I just don't like watermelon. And uh, 
I could beat people in the basketball court. Not now. <laughs> not now. I'm not trying to tear my ACL or trying to jump for a rebound. But um, my thing is this, right? And I agree with you on generalizations because I usually hate generalizations. But I, I thought about something because I always mention when we talked about uh, – I think his name is John Howard, the guy that, that raped that young man with the coat hanger, right? He was from Texas, and in, I think in the New York Times article they wrote on it, uh, the people from Idaho tried to throw him under the bus because they were like, yeah, he's from, he's from Texas. So he just brought that whole racist Texas mentality with him to our sweet little Idaho town that only has three black people in it who we torment on a daily basis. And like I said, I, I, they really were the only black kids in the town. So it, the guy who got raped and his siblings – they were adopted by a white family out there. But when people think of racist states, they think, like you said, Texas, Mississippi, you know, Kentucky, stuff like that. And I thought about it to me. This is just my, this is just my opinion. What makes a state a racist state? Because every state has racist. Even, even the most liberal states like New York and California and Washington State and Oregon, they have their share of racist in it. So what makes a state a racist state? Right? It all depends on how you look at it. So first of all, there was a uh, article I saw, right? There were these people, they did this thing called the LQ score. Right? Uh, LQ was location quotient. And what they did was they took tweets. And... uh, they found out where the tweets came from. So if they looked for anything, any racist tweets, they found out where those racist tweets came from. And the reason why I'm using this one as well is because there was another, a similar article that ranked the most racist states by how many KKK chapters that they have operating in that state. And the numbers were so similar, I just figured, okay, I could just use one list. <laughs> but the 10 most racist states uh, – According to this study, and this is from a 2015 study, uh, number 10 was Illinois, it mm-hmm. Florida, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, number five, uh, what? Alabama. Hey, we had a Klan rally here uh, commemorating Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alabama, uh, Georgia. Number two is Mississippi, and number one, of course, is Texas. Now, for me, what makes a state a racist state is basically, and this is just my own opinion, who's in your legislature? Because the thing is, your legislature gets there because people voted for them. So if you have a state that passes a lot of racist, bigoted laws, you know, it's a lot of racists and bigots who put them there. And I know that's very glib and that's horribly generalizing, right? But you look at a state like California and the laws that they pass, that their legislatures pass. You look at states like New York and the, the laws that they pass. New York right now is trying to get uh, free state college. You know, yeah, they dropped the ball on that whole, uh, you know, the whole thing with the uh, with the legal aid. But the thing is, that's going to come back up for another vote. They'll probably figure out something more cost-effective, and they'll, they'll probably still pass it. You know, Look at uh, 
look at North Carolina, spent all that time trying to pass a bill that is a double threat of telling transgender people where they could pee and take away people's right to discriminate or to sue for discrimination. That's the kind of laws that North Carolina was trying to pass, while other states were trying to do things to help all their citizens excel. You have Texas, you know, and even states like Indiana trying to pass abortion laws. Who the fuck cares about abortion laws when your people are out of work? Why couldn't Indiana pass a law that would have kept uh, better incentives to keep jobs in Indiana? Carrier plant is in Indiana. That's Mike Pence's state. So Mike Pence is busy writing abortion laws when he should be worrying about keeping jobs in the state. You know, but people love that, and they, you know, people on that wave because they're definitely not paying attention to politics of it. They're paying attention to the ideology of it, and the ideology of it is, hey, this guy's uh, talking my language. I'm going to vote for that guy. Right. Now. When you talk about the country as a whole, right now, the Senate, uh, the House, and most state legislatures and most governorships are now Republican. Right? Are Republicans known for uh, inclusion and goodness? No. They're known for uh, kissing the 1%'s ass and screwing over the American people. And now they pretty much control the country. So I'm going to read off. It's a lot of it to read through. I don't want to do a lot of uh, reading. Anybody could just read an article. But just some of the, uh, the laundry list of the things that the 115th Congress wants to work on. So first and foremost on the list, repeal the Affordable Care Act. Get rid of Obamacare. And I saw a hilarious slash terrifying uh, – picture that came in on my feed. Let me see if I can't find it real quick. But um, it just shows how horribly, horribly, horribly uninformed people are when it comes to what they have and how they got it. So they redacted the names, right? But somebody was arguing with someone on- online and they had this clip. So this person comes out and he says, so why should any of us have, have had faith that they could get socialized health care? Uh, we didn't, and they couldn't. It was a mistake that is finally being fixed. He's talking about Obamacare. So somebody wrote him back, and they said, wait, if you're on Obamacare, why the fuck are you celebrating the outcome of this vote? If the Republicans get what they want, you'll lose your insurance. Here's what he wrote back. He says, I'm not on Obamacare. My health insurance is through the Affordable Care Act which is what they had to come up with after Obamacare crashed and burned as bad as it did. So I'm going to be fine. And the response was simply, holy shit. As in, holy shit, how fucking stupid are you? The Affordable Care Act is Obamacare. That's what they're trying to repeal. If they repeal that, you lose your health insurance. What the fuck is that guy talking about? Basically, like, it takes two seconds to Google this stuff. Two seconds. How could this guy not know that the Affordable Care Act is Obamacare? 
So he thinks that they created Obamacare, and Obamacare was so bad that they replaced it with the exact same thing but called it something different. And he's, he's such a smug asshole. Well, I'm going to be fine. No, you're not. You're going to die. I, I, I was watching this special today while I was eating dinner about the 80s, and I just got to the point with Ronald Reagan and thinking about uh, Donnie Tunnyhands coming in. I was just like, damn, I really miss Reaganomics. That's how bad Trump's presidency is going to be, that I miss Reaganomics. Um, they want to kill the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau by either giving Congress control over its budget or finding cause to replace its director, Richard Cordry, with a weaker board. The Consumer, Protection, uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, I think Elizabeth Warren is part of that, and – they are like a watchdog, and they have returned uh, – I don't remember the length of time that it was, but almost a billion dollars to consumers uh, from fraud and you know, misrepresentation and stuff like that from corporations. So they are horribly important. We need them in there, and they want to get rid of them, of course, because you know, – so their cronies can run wild. Uh, they want to repeal other regulations, including school lunch standards, tobacco regulations, and laws setting higher wages for contractors. They want to defund Planned Parenthood. Let me explain to you why it is so freaking stupid to defund Planned Parenthood. Less than – what's the number, Odie? How, many, how much of Planned Parenthood is abortions? Something like 5 or 6% or something like that? Of Planned Parenthood is abortions. So I think we might have lost Odie again. <laughs> yeah, we did. But yeah. But um Planned Parenthood barely does any abortions. Planned Parenthood is uh basically health services for women, especially expecting mothers. They do uh breast cancer screenings, all types of stuff. You know, all types of women health uh they handle all types of women health, women's health issues. Pardon me, I can't talk today. So for the few abortions that they do, they want to defund Planned Parenthood because of their religious ideology or even their own personal beliefs where they just think that, oh, uh, abortions are wrong. You know, I found out something when I was researching this. There are over 400,000 children, and I think that number might be bigger. But they said 400,000 children in orphanages across the country. Um, I think they said uh, – I forget how many thousands of children every year age out of orphanages, which means that they stay in those orphanages from the time they're born until – well, maybe not the time they're born. Kids get in there at different ages. you know. But the fact of the matter is they stay there until they age out, and once they age out, they're on their own. Right, so they're worried about no, hypothetical not so much children. on their own programs like Youth Villages does have transitional living programs. They transition from foster homes into adult life, so they are so, so they're not that exactly on their with that. Okay, well, most of them don't accept that particular program, or they don't know about it. Some states don't adhere to it. So, okay. I would say in North Carolina, we're, we're fortunate in North Carolina. You have companies like Youth Villages that have that program. 
Okay, cool. All right. So, but um, but for the most oh, part, it, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, oh, here goes one. Uh, here goes a good one. Uh, they want to allow uh concealed weapons to be carried across state lines. Can I? And can. that's some can. Well, I've been doing that the whole damn time. I mean, who's going to stop you at the border? I mean, really? Uh, they want to turn Medicaid into block grants uh, and turn Medicare into vouchers. And that the whole Medicare voucher thing is a show on its own because of just how horrible it is. And they want to confirm Trump's picks for the Supreme Court. Basically, uh, they're right in the process right now of trying to choke all these nominations through because they know that none of them are qualified. So you ever hear the whole term of hiring a fox to watch the hen house? Every person they're putting into these things is a fox who's just going to eat all the hens once they get in there. Mm, so, hens are good. I had hens for dinner last night. It was pretty good. <laughs> I had mine fried. <laughs> But uh, this 115th Congress is going to be a disaster. And that's just some of the things. I didn't even want to read through all of them, but that's just some of the things that they want to do. And we're going to find out two things about the Democrats and about the Republicans. We're going to find out which Republican – well, I already know about the Republicans. They're spineless cowards, and they're just greedy, and they're – you put it like this. You had Ted Cruz, Chris Christie uh, – all these guys who spoke out against Donald Trump, Mitt Romney and all them, and now they're all on his nutsack trying to get jobs. Put it like this. Pamela Bondi, who was the, uh, the attorney general in Florida who wouldn't bring up charges against Trump for Trump University in Florida, uh, they said that she's expected to get a White House job now. When so, I saw that article, like, my stomach really turned. Like, I understand there there's levels to this shit. Like, there are levels to just the cost and, okay, well, I'm willing to compromise X, Y, and Z to right. get this. Like, <laughs> but when, it's complete, when you exchange or compromise something that is the complete opposite of what you're sworn to uphold and protect and, you know, it's that that completely goes against your job, then it's like, that's not politics. That's some other shit. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the right. word for we it is. That that's not politics. politics. That's a perfect segue into my hit song featuring Coco Filipina, Ignorance. Um, hey, uh, I, 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 these guys are getting ignorant. Hey, these niggas getting ignorant. Caucasian, huh. 
on the way to the club. Niggas had the front door, they showing me love. It's me, VIP. Yeah, that's me, and I pouring drinks like drinks on me. I'm so ignorant. Yeah, I'm feeling it. High life, yeah, this is how I'm living it. So ignorant. I'm so ignorant. By the way that I mentioned that I'm ignorant.
um, I think it was Massachusetts, it could have turned things around in Bernie's favor, even with the DNC collusion. But I can't really stay mad at Elizabeth Warren because she's still out there fighting the fight. She's trying to stick it to the Republicans saying that they shouldn't confirm any of these guys until they're vetted for conflicts of interest. Now, that's kind of like saying, hey, does a, a, does a goat have four legs to say that there's a conflict of interest with these guys? These guys are the very definition – talking about Trump's cabinet picks – the very definition of conflicts of interest. You know, but you know, the Republicans in response are trying to choke these nominations through, and Elizabeth Warren is trying to do her best to slow them down or even stop them. Bernie Sanders is all over the place. You know, he had a town hall meeting on CNN. Uh, I think it was yesterday. You know, and they said it was it was mostly you know tame. There was one guy who tried to get in Bernie's face, but 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 you know, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie can handle himself. Uh. Basically, the rest of the Democrats right now are either still licking their wounds, placing blame, or trying to find the most honorable way to kiss uh, Donny Tony Han's ass. Yeah, suckers like Howard Dean. Thank God Howard Dean is not in the running for DNC chairman anymore because he is the big – Howard Dean used to be actually an excellent progressive, and then he just became uh, – he basically just became uh, – a sucker, a stooge. He was out there talking about, oh, yeah, well, we shouldn't just dismiss ideas just because they come from Trump. Yeah, we should. Absolutely, we should. That is the reason to dismiss the idea because it came from Trump. Because look at all Trump's ideas so far. Build a wall. You know who tried to build a wall across the southern border? George Bush. How'd that work out? It didn't. So now Trump is trying to ask Congress for a few billion dollars to build a wall, the wall that he said that Mexico was going to pay for. First he said Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Now he's saying that Mexico is going to pay us back. You right. know what that's called? That, that's called right. wheel dealing. That's called getting this percent. That's called the art of the deal. <laughs> but um, now the, uh, the DNC chairman spot is going down to the wire between Keith Ellison – and uh, Tom Perez, former labor secretary. Tom Perez is Obama's boy, and that's not good. Because Obama is and, – and I love President Obama. He's – put it like this. Unless Bernie Sanders became president, Obama is probably going to be the best president in my lifetime. But Obama had his flaws, and his main flaw was that he's too establishment, and that was a major – I think that stopped him from being an amazing pre- – well, that and the Republicans dogging his steps every chance they could. But Tom Perez is uh, Obama's boy, and that's not a good thing. We need true progressives in there. The establishment tried, and they couldn't even beat Trump. I, like I said, losing to Donald Trump is like the guy who lost to Marion Barry after Marion Barry was smoking crack. So mm. – you figure Hillary Clinton's vanished. You know what? Stay gone. Wherever you are, stay. I hope you're safe. I hope you have plenty of food and water. But wherever you are, Hillary, stay there. We don't need to see your face. Stay where you are. Okay. Bernie Sanders is calling for a January 15th day but of action. But is she going to get the inauguration, like at the mall? 
You said, uh, say again? Isn't she supposed to be at the inauguration at the ball? Don't know. It, I, it might just be something customary to do, so she's there, that's fine, but, you know, at this point, it doesn't matter what she does. It really doesn't. I, I'm still... I'm still kind of pissed at her, so I, I know I'm very biased. I know Hillary fans are probably like, yeah, fuck you, but um, <laughs> at me telling Hillary to go away, but you lost to Donald Trump. Yes, you got more of the popular vote, but you but she lost states you could have easily won if she had just fucking showed up there. All she had to do was rally in those states and let the people know that, yeah, I got your back, but she didn't do that, so she lost. But anyway, like I said, Bernie Sanders is calling for a January 15th day of action to send a message to Congress to not cut Medicare and Social Security, to hold Trump to his promises to not cut them. Because Trump did – he kind of campaigned on both issues at the same time. So to the Republican crowds, he was saying, yeah, we're going to repeal Obamacare, and we're going to do this and do that. And then to the Rust Belt people, he was saying, well, we're not going to cut Medicare. We're not going to cut Social Security. So now they got to hold him to his promise. And Bernie Sanders was on the Senate floor with a whole bunch of Trump's tweets holding it over his head and saying, hey, you tweeted this. This is out there for everybody to see. So if you're not going to cut Medicare and Social Security, you got to come through with your promise. Now, Trump has broken all his other promises. And I put it like this. This is how much people are pissed at Trump. And I'm not making this up to be funny. Even the Nazis are mad at Trump because Trump is, has toned down a lot on his racist rhetoric since he's become president-elect. And now even the Nazis are formerly the alt-right. Even the Nazis are saying that if Trump doesn't ramp up his racist rhetoric, that they're going to revolt. <laughs> oh, you goose-stepping motherfuckers. Trump doesn't need you anymore. You've already exactly. served your purpose. You voted for him. You think Trump gives a shit? You think Trump wants a second term? He's going to make all the money he can in his first term. You know? Because at this point in time, there's no way Trump could win a second term. He may not even make it to the end of his first term. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, come to America, like, America has been full of terrible, terrible, terrible surprises. And I just don't push it past them anymore. I just don't. You know, I don't. Never uh, say never. You're absolutely right about that because Bush served four terms even after September 11th and the debacle in Afghanistan. He still got reelected. So you're right about that. You know, never say never in America because, you know, you can never underestimate the stupidity of the American public. Never. I do you know. love the um that feature, you know, Facebook where you can share your memories and shit. Mm-hmm. And of course, one of the most popular memories, you know, this time last year or just before, just over a year ago, were you know, plenty of status saying, "Damn, the, the host of a princess thinks he's about to be president." <laughs> LOL. Everybody was laughing a year ago. But yeah, yeah. I About mean, a year ago. I, I I know I was. I definitely was. But then again, you had to. We see what happened. Yeah, 
I mean, but then again, look look at the chumps Trump ran against. Ted Cruz. No one likes Ted Cruz. You know, David Cross ragged on Ted Cruz. He said, I know this has happened to Ted Cruz at least once a week for his entire adult life. People were just like, you just hear two people like, oh, they're like, what's wrong? It's like Ted Cruz found out about the party. And they're like, oh, my God. You know what? Cancel the party. We don't want that smug asshole over there. No one likes Ted Cruz. You got Marco Rubio, who never shows up to work. You got um, Carly Fiorina, who managed to run Hewlett Packard into the ground. Yeah, Chris Christie, the crime boss. Yeah, Lindsey Graham, the, the war hawk slash chicken hawk. You know, you just had uh, yeah, Ben Carson. One of the funniest Onion articles I read about Ben Carson is where it says, I think it's either The Onion or New Yorker, where it says Ben Carson has no recollection of running for president. <laughs> you know, he ran against straight, right. he ran against straight suckers. Yeah, Jeb Bush, Jeb exclamation point, who went to Florida and told old folks he was gonna take their take their Medicare. Like they was gonna vote for his dumbass. So he ran against straight suckers, but then again you figure he should have just flamed out. But Ah, Democrats found a way to screw that up. But I, I, I will I will say one thing before we wrap up. You know, I, I will talk I will say one thing about Donald Trump is that Donald Trump never disappoints when it comes to ridiculousness. You know, I, I, I saw a uh a clip from The Simpsons and people posted – they were starting to post it after the whole Clint Eastwood debacle where he was yelling at an empty chair. And they had a picture of – like throughout the episode, they had clips of newspapers of Grandpa Simpson doing something stupid. And one of them was um, old man yells at chair. And they had a picture of Grandpa Simpson yelling at a chair with his fist raised like, you know, Donald Trump is that old man. And basically celebrities are that chair. Like he, uh, he was mad at Schwarzenegger because – the Celebrity Apprentice, not as Schwarzenegger's on it, didn't get the ratings that it was when he was first on it. Uh, they pointed out that, uh, yes, in that first season of The Apprentice, it got great ratings when Trump was on it. And every year, it got a little worse and a little worse. You right. know? So, and people were just like, yeah, Trump, you're fired, great. What else is on? You know? So he's tweeting, he's the president elect. And he's tweeting on a Schwarzenegger about ratings on, on the show. He's uh, Meryl Streep called him out. And someone had an excellent quote, and they said, you know you're, you know you're <laughs> shitty. I already know you're going with it. Go ahead. Tell, tell yeah, you know you're shitty when, when a famous actress has to use her uh, lifetime achievement speech just to say how shitty you are. Talking about Donald Trump, you know, and Trump told Meryl Streep that she was overrated. Let me let me put it to you like this. Meryl Streep has won. uh, She was nominated for over 400 awards in her acting career, and she won like 159 of them or something like that. 167 of them out of 400 awards she was nominated for. It's almost if I had the numbers right, I did it. I did the math before. That's almost 40 percent. That's a shade on the 40% of the awards I was nominated yeah. for. You know? If I was a baseball player, I would love that average. 
So she only won. She only won one third of the awards she was nominated for. That's oh man, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, but she was nominated for four hundred awards. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's you know, and Donald Trump called her but overrated. But she just said like he said a few years ago that she was fantastic. So you was riding her tits, you know, a few years ago. That is the beauty of him tweeting everything. You can just look up whatever his tweeting thoughts were and be like, what do you believe about this topic two years ago? You yeah. that shit up. Yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't remove it. I mean, you could read his leading thoughts. And so if he changes his mind today, then his his words will always haunt him because he, please, like, yeah. he blurs out everything he's thinking. Yeah. But, but, but there is a pattern to Trump. You know, Whenever Trump goes after some celebrity or someone who says something against him, it's because he's trying to mask something. That something bad that he's trying to do and get and get by people and a lot of people are on to him. So you have to look beyond the news. So when you hear about Trump going after Meryl Streep on Twitter, it's like, okay, what's he, what's he really trying to do? Trump uh, nominated Marsha Blackburn to become the chair of the subcommittee on communications and technology. Now. Why that's bad is that Marsha Blackburn is against net neutrality. So dictionary term for net neutrality is it's the principle that the that internet service providers should enable access to all content and applications regardless of the source and without favoring or blocking particular products or websites. What that basically means is is that if let's just say I'm an internet service provider and I don't like the things that you say or I want to compete against you, I can just simply slow down your – like um, Young Turks had an example of it. Let's just say uh, I'm Comcast, right, and you're Netflix, and I slow down your ISP to the point where videos become impossible to watch. And I say, oh, well, Netflix is really slow. Hey, check out Comcast's new streaming service. Our videos always play. You know, Or – if you're somebody who they who they speak out against, who speaks out against corporations, speak out against Trump, uh, they can slow you down, make your websites hard to get onto. You know, or they could just do it for business purposes. They could go to Netflix and slow them down and say, "Hey, if you want your videos to play right, you have to pay us more." You know, so it's there's way too much. Uh, tomfoolery they could do with it and that's just me centering myself but that's way too much tomfoolery for them to do with that much power and net neutrality keeps them from doing that because uh, recent rules were passed uh, classifying ISPs as common carrier public utilities same as uh, telephones because internet has become a necessity now there are some people who if they don't get internet they don't get paid (laughs) (laughs) Or they can't work I can't work without internet If I don't have internet, I can't work I can't do my job You know, my phone For my, I work from home My, I'm looking at my office phone Right now, my office phone runs on the internet So imagine If they they slowed down my ISP I couldn't work I I can't earn a living on my job without the internet But in order to bill for what I've done I have to have the internet Yeah 
So they classify the internet as a utility, as a public utility, like the telephone. And that makes the ISPs mad because now they can't gouge us. We have the worst internet in the world. South Korea. No, has I don't. Their I have internet. 300 megabytes a second. I don't know what you got. <laughs> I got. Th- no, here's the thing. I have 300 megabytes per second, but I only had 50. And then when for the same price, I was only getting 50. And then Google Fiber was coming into the area, and everybody was already like, "Oh, I'm jumping ship to Google Fiber." And Time Warner was like, "Oh, oh, did we say 50? Oh, I meant 300. Here you go." And the thing that pissed me off about that is that they could have done that the entire time. They just waited until they got actual competition to raise everybody's uh, oh, internet. As speed. soon as Google Fiber come to um, South Durham, it's on and popping. I'm I'm jumping ship. I'm changing my I am TV, my, my phone, all that shit. And I don't yeah. care if it costs more. It's just actually, this is why. Because for a year, my rate was at eighty nine ninety nine. And I've been doing that for a couple of years. You know, it's like, ah, I don't want it anymore. Oh, you can have it for another year. But this time they stuck me. And now I'm paying almost $200 for basically, a, I guess they call it enhanced cable or something. It, it, there's a little bit more channels than the regular channels over the air. Um, a phone that I never even used and 300 megabytes cable of the Internet, which who needs 300 megabytes a second cable? Only two people stream in this house uh, 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 at any given time. And with that being said, we my Netflix only takes up eight megabytes a second max. Her, her YouTube might only take up two or three megabytes a second max. So total, we need thirteen megabytes per second. Duh, who needs three hundred megabytes per second? I want to know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, but like I said, for me, I'm different. I'm a I'm a hardcore gamer, and I work from home. So if I had a slow ISP, I wouldn't be able to I, – I'd be dropping phone calls left and right. So – but um, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out here to you guys, right? I was, we were talking about the, uh, about the press and about their just – their abject failure, you know, before we wrap up. Put it like this, okay? I'm going to tell you why no one trusts the mainstream media anymore, okay? Let's just say I was someone who was newsworthy, Right, people, someone who people listen to, and uh, let's say that I keep. Politics is one of the most popular shows on Blog Talk Radio. I show you the numbers later. (laughs) Okay, but (laughs) you know, you know, you know, it's sad. I do this show every week. I never look at the numbers, so yeah, I I definitely want to see the numbers. But um, let's just say I was someone news for argument's sake. I'm someone newsworthy. Let's just say I came out and I said that Rottweilers are better dogs to have around children than pit bulls. Let's just say oh, I just no, there's no truth to that. There ain't no truth to that. Man. Oh, but, oh <laughs> and, and that's my point. So let's just say that opens up a discussion. Let's just say that somebody comes up and says, no, nah, that's not true. Pit bulls are better. So you can get a discussion. You can get pit bull breeders. You can get Rottweiler breeders and experts and dog owners, and you can have an open discussion about that, right? But let's just say that I said that Pit bulls have killed more children in a year than polio. Now, on its face, what? That well, just sounds what? Well, duh, because polio has been eliminated. Duh. Well, well, check it out though. On exactly. its face, that sounds that sounds ridiculous, right? You figure in polio's worst year, which was 1956, 1,800 children died of polio that year. Those are just the ones who died, not even the ones who were infected. 
the ones that died, 1,800 children in one year, right? In 2015, the earliest, the latest stats I was able to get, there were 14 children that died from dog attacks. And I had to go through a, a, a lot of websites to get that information because a lot of those websites were anti-pitbull websites, and their numbers were just overinflated. I had to find like an, like an impartial website that tracked uh, dog deaths to find those numbers. But in 2015, there were 14 children across the country that died from dog attacks. So if I said that pit bulls killed more kids in a year than polio, I'd be 100% wrong. But in the media, instead of saying, yeah, that's not even close to being right, you are wrong. Or let's just say I doubled down on that. And they came back and said, uh, Merce, you're a liar. What they'll do is they'll get experts on both sides to come up and say uh, and debate that. And then you may push it in around. Water, and muddy in the water, so now you walk away confused. Like, well, yeah. is it true or ain't it? Well, or some people may come out and say, and one of my friends made this point, and they, they may say, well, yeah, uh, people don't die of polio anymore, right? Now, granted, a couple years ago, there were about 200 cases of polio, but no one died from it. So if you looked at it that way, you know what I mean? Then that would be true. But uh, it wouldn't be true. But you bring out all these people, just like you said, Odie, they muddy the waters, they walk away confused, and next thing you know, some people, people are walking around, yeah, pit bulls kill more kids than polio. Absolutely not true. You know, that's the mainstream media, and that's why they fail, and that's why nobody trusts them. What do they call it? False equivalence. You can't – a lie is a lie. That's all it is. John Oliver said it, said it best when they, when they try to do the false equivalence thing on global warming. And John Oliver, very eloquently in his very British way, said, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about your opinion on a fact? <laughs> Put it like this, right? Young Turks talked about uh, Greta Van Susteren and, uh, and Megyn Kelly. And the scary thing about it is that usually if you're on Fox News, Fox News is where you're going to die. Fox News should be the place where journalists go to die because once you're on Fox News, you're just, you just have that scarlet letter. You're just tainted. Greta Van Susteren, who was on Fox News forever, she's now on MSNBC. Greta Van Susteren is basically – I don't even know how she's on television like that. You know, Greta Van Susteren has the personality of a box of oatmeal, and I'm not even talking about Quaker Oats. I'm talking about like a normal box of no-frills oatmeal. So on the front of the box, it just says oatmeal, and in the back of the box, it just says ingredients, oats. That's Greta Van Susteren, and now she's on MSNBC. She used to get paid on Fox News. She used to get paid like $12 million a year. You know, Greta Van Susteren is 62 years old, but she wouldn't know it by all the facelifts she's had. And I found out something. If she gets one more facelift, her next one is free. No, okay, I'm just being a jackass. I apologize. And then you got uh, Megyn Kelly, who is now on NBC News. Young Turks said that Megyn Kelly, while she's not as batshit crazy as Sean Hannity, She's still crazy. I want you guys to do something for me. Anybody who's listening, I want you to do something for me. Okay? Go to Google 
and Google racist stuff Megyn Kelly says and see what comes up. Megyn Kelly, the, the, the Stepford wife of Fox News, one of the blonde automatrons, she toes that racist line, and she does it so seamlessly. There's no conscience. There's no – even Geraldo had kind of like that whole thing where it's like you could just kind of see flashes of why am I doing this? Why is this happening? Why, what happened to me? I used to have my own show. You know, I tried to open Al Capone's vault, and now I'm a jackass on Fox <laughs> News. You know, you have Megyn Kelly who went on a rant during her war on Christmas phase saying that Santa Claus is white. You know, he's a fictional character. You make him where the Kelly. You, you can make him from goddamn Philippines if you want to. He's a fictional character. But they were mad about a, a black Santa at one of the malls. And then right. she went on that classic, you know, Santa Claus is white and so is Jesus. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. She went on a rant saying that because they were talking about anytime they do a program to help uh, working class people, Megyn Kelly is there to poke holes in it. So Megyn Kelly says that if you make $50,000 a year plus benefits, you are a fat cat. You're living on the, on the fat of the land. But if you make 250 grand, you're practically in poverty because now you have to do things like drive more expensive cars and live in bigger houses and send your kids to private school. Oh my God, the the strain <laughs> of making wow. 250 grand a year. But if you make 50 grand a year, you're a fat cat. You got benefits. You know, she's on that Lou Dobbs level. Wait, what do you, what do you mean they're poor? Their house has windows that open and close. How could they be poor? They have a refrigerator. How can you be poor if you have a refrigerator? That's like the level that Megyn Kelly's on, and now she's on motherfucking NBC News. How the fuck did that happen? That's why nobody trusts the press. It's like somebody getting out of an asylum and then becoming the chief of police. Like, how is that even possible? No disrespect to the mentally ill, Everybody can't have every job. You know? I'm good at my job. Whatever it is that I do. But there is just certain <laughs> jobs I just shouldn't have. <laughs> because I'm not qualified for that job. Megan Kelly is not qualified to be on goddamn NBC after all the garbage that she spewed on Fox News. So that means one of either one of two things. Number one, either NBC Stop caring, or Megyn Kelly never meant all that stuff that she said, and she's really convincing. Right. So if she's saying all that stuff just to earn a paycheck, and she doesn't believe Either way, she don't belong. Yeah. Either way, she don't belong. And I I, I joked about it. Did I say she was on this radio show that I don't necessarily believe in? That is like – We already know you a shit, sir. We already know that you – you're not I know, a shit sir when you want to. She might be a shit stir to get paid. Shit, I but don't she, even get paid for shit. But you can't be shit. a shit sir. You can't be a shit sir on Fox News when the shit that you're stirring, everybody agrees with. She would have to be far left if she was coming from Fox News and she was considered the shit sir. She would have to be anti-establishment in order to get that role. And then so come somebody with tag it. a picture of this bitch. I want to see what this bitch looks like. I might be fucking her. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh no! I put it like I mean I can just give you a picture of any of those Fox News aside from Greta, they all look exactly the same. They're all just blonde automatrons. They're just basically the Stepford Wives. But you know, well, Megyn Kelly. The, 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 the thing <laughs> is, is that uh, and, and I've heard this point made before, and I agree with it. We need journalists who are going to fight Donald Trump. We don't need journalists who are going to lay down for Trump. You remember Megyn Kelly got into that dust up over Donald Trump and Donald Trump. Uh, was bad mouthing Megyn Kelly, and then mm-hmm. she in, she interviewed him later on, and just basically just laid down and let Trump walk all over her. You know, just asking him Give soft it to walk. Me, Daddy. Yeah, it, it was basically <laughs> like going up against uh, the best baseball player in the league and said, "Listen, I'm gonna throw it underhand to you, and then you just hit it out of the park. Are you ready? Here we go. We right, that was so Megyn like, Kelly, um, like Kobe, like Kobe Bryant's last day for the Lakers. You know how the niggas were gonna get out the way and let him go to the lane. <laughs> it was so funny. Basically, <laughs> oh man, you know what? I would be the most hated basketball player because if I was like a power forward, I would just low bridge Kobe every time he came around. I'd be trying to pin his shots to the backboard. I don't give a fuck about Kobe. You know. What do you score like sixty points in his last game or something like that? Yeah, I'd be super ridiculous. You know what I mean? I'd be trying to throw his shots into the stands. <laughs> no, you know. The team that team was wasn't going to the finals. They wasn't going to the damn playoffs anyway, so they had nothing to lose, I guess. Yeah, right. it was like that movie with Billy Crystal where he was a uh, he was a referee, and he throws out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie. Of course, he ejects him from the game, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was like, "What are you doing? This is my farewell game." And Billy Crystal was like, well, let me be the first one to tell you, farewell. <laughs> I didn't see that movie, but I do, know, I do know what you're talking about. That was with um, Whoopi Goldberg, too. Uh-huh. So, but uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts But before we wrap this up? Billy Crystal. Whoopi Goldberg. I don't even find that movie. I want to see that Eddie. tonight. Eddie. I think that's what it was called. I think it was called Eddie. I don't know. Why that came? I don't know. Whatever. We'll come back to it later. But um, no, no final thoughts. Just um, another day, another dollar. And I guess we'll see you next week. Copping yep. for life. Maybe the same place, maybe the same time. Inglewood, San Bernardino. You know what? I I, I will say I will say one thing. I told my father. I call him every now and then. I told him Trump's president. I got to call you every day. Make sure you're safe now. Sometimes twice a day. You never know what's gonna happen out there. There you go. Real talk. Real talk. All right, all right, all right, all right. Another issue of politics. Tune in next Monday. I know this Tuesday. We had a snow day, so fuck y'all. Turn in next Monday at 7 p.m. <laughs> for another edition of politics. And check out Mouth Talk Radio Saturdays at 10 a.m. And now hit you with my ex-girlfriend, Misha White's drop. This one right here for my DJ. Somebody scratch on and rub on. That's a bit money, turn me on. I got it, you want it. Make all the boys jump on it. If you can bone night long, get your hands up. And all my ladies with your own, get your hands up. You like how I rock, rock and roll. You wanna see my face down at the Drop it real slow. Can you picture that young villa? He ain't really ready for that, my dog. Hook up at the club with a bullet for four. VIP, no line, I'm a pro Looking for them fellas with they pockets full grown Chrome dog, we're on business on